This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that proves there's more than one way to make history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're talking about the inexplicable case of a criminal who escaped death simply because killing him proved harder than expected. The day was February 23rd, 1885. Prison authorities in Exeter, England, tried and failed to hang a prisoner. The man they couldn't hang, as he soon became known, was 19-year-old John Henry George Lee. He had been sentenced to die for the murder of Emma Keyes, his older employer. The evidence against Lee was purely circumstantial, but it was enough to get him convicted and sentenced to be hanged. In the end, his life would be spared for an equally flimsy reason. Lee's supposed victim was Miss Emma Ann Whitehead Keyes, an elderly woman from a formerly wealthy family. She never married and lived alone in her family's house, known as the Glen, in the small beach community of Babacombe Bay. As a teenager, John Lee worked as a servant at the Glen, alongside his half-sister, a cook named Elizabeth Harris. He left the estate in 1879 to join the Navy. He was later discharged for an injury and returned to the seaside town of Torquay, where he found work as a footman. In 1883, Lee was convicted of stealing from his new employer and sentenced to hard labor at nearby Exeter Prison. He was released the following year, at which point he returned to the Glen and resumed his old post as Emma Key's footman. In the early morning of November 15, 1884, Keyes was found dead in a pantry right next to Lee's bedroom. The murderer had overpowered Emma cut her throat, and tried to burn her body, though police responded to the fire before the corpse had been consumed. John Lee was quickly named the one and only suspect, as he was believed to be the only man in the house at the time. The only other people at home, besides Emma herself, were her servants, Jane and Eliza Neck, and her cook, John's half-sister, Elizabeth Harris. None of the female staff members were deemed capable of brutalizing their employer, so the blame fell squarely on John Lee. He maintained his innocence all through the trial, telling the judge, quote, The reason I am so calm is that I trust in the Lord, and he knows I am innocent. The process of elimination may have pointed to Lee as the murderer, but there was no direct evidence. He was found with a cut on his arm that he couldn't explain but that was the closest thing to proof of guilt that the prosecution could manage. Disturbingly, though, that was enough to convince the judge. On the morning of the hanging, James Berry, the executioner at the prison in Exeter, tested the trap door on the gallows, or scaffold, with a series of weights. He tried the equipment multiple times, and on each occasion, the floor of the scaffold opened perfectly. However, When the grim moment finally came, when the noose was fastened around Lee's neck and the gallows lever was pulled, nothing happened. 
the floor beneath his feet didn't fall away, so Lee never dropped. The executioner tried to hang Lee again and again, but all three times, the trapdoor failed to spring. At that point, they stopped trying to hang him and just sent him back to prison until they figured out what to do next. The authorities were baffled. An inspection of the gallows revealed the mechanism was in working order. The reason for its mysterious malfunction was never discovered, not that you'd hear John Lee complaining about it. He immediately started telling everyone who would listen that his reprieve had been an act of God, proof that he had told the truth about his innocence. That idea quickly caught on with the public, and not long after, Lee's death sentence was commuted to life in prison. The man responsible for scrapping the execution was British Home Secretary Sir William Harcourt. He explained his decision, saying that, quote, It would shock the feelings of anyone if a man had to pay the pangs of imminent death twice. It wasn't the soundest of reasons, especially since they'd already tried to hang him three times. But, one way or another, John Lee had escaped the hangman's noose although he wasn't very keen on the alternative either, later describing his imprisonment as, quote, moving from one tomb to another. All told, John Lee went on to serve 22 years in prison before being released in 1907 on good behavior. There were all kinds of rumors about what he did with his second lease on life. One of the prevailing theories is that he moved to London, started a family, and cheated death again by surviving the German Blitz of the early 1940s. The other popular theory is that John Lee abandoned his wife and two daughters and then moved abroad to start a new life under a different name. Some researchers even believe they've located his unmarked grave in, of all places, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. There are still many questions about the life and death of John Lee, with the biggest being... Did he really murder Emma Keys, and why did the gallows malfunction? We'll likely never know either answer for certain, but if John wasn't the killer, there's at least one possibility for who was. Keyes had a friend and associate named Reginald Gwynne Templar, a young lawyer who often visited her at the Glen. Strangely, despite claiming a deep affection for the Keyes family, Templar wrote to John Lee the morning after the murder and offered his services as a solicitor. It seems odd that his friend of the victim would be so eager to offer legal advice to her suspected killer. The timing of the letter also suggests that Templar was among the first to hear of the murder, responding just a few hours after it took place, though how he would have known of it so quickly is unclear. Templar did go on to represent Lee at trial, but he soon stepped down due to illness and was replaced by his brother. He never recovered from that illness either. He died the next year at a sanatorium in Surrey. He was just 29 years old, and the cause of death was listed as, quote, general paralysis of the insane. There are reports that Templar raved about murder on his deathbed, but so far, those are unsubstantiated. To be clear, there's no real evidence that Templar killed Keys, but then again, that's also true of John Lee. Maybe it was one of the men, or 
both of them, or John's half-sister, or some combination of the three. It's a murder case that's long gone cold, and at the center of it all is the man they could not hang. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed the show and want to learn a little more about today's topic, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can write to us directly at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.